Learn more about the albums you love with Dissect, a music analysis podcast hosted by me, Cole Kushner, a lifelong musician and composer. Each season of Dissect dives deep into a single album, forensically dissecting the music, lyrics, and meaning of one song per episode. Our newest season is covering Tyler the Creator's Igor, a beautifully honest album in which Tyler explores love, communication, masculinity, and truth. Listen to Dissect today only on Spotify, because great art deserves more than a swipe. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on Cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to Food News. I'm Juliette Littman. And I'm David Jacoby. Jacobs, let's put 30 minutes on the clock. Let's do it. 30 minutes. We're going to get into the stories, but I just want to say, we got a lot of voicemails. Mike tells me. So that's exciting. I love that. I love just getting people involved. Yeah, I know. So also, I, you know, I like when people share my opinion. So someone um, called to say that they agreed that we need to reevaluate health education in America. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I, I just like the fact that you just make that statement, but you have absolutely no desire to put any effort into it. You just want someone else to do that. Yeah, that's what it is to I be agree. an active participant in democracy. Um, Great job by you. All right, let's get started. Hot story we must discuss. We were texting about it, Came very comes very close to our existing interests. Keith McNally, controversial restaurateur, Put James Corden on blast on his Instagram. He, James Corden, if you don't follow Keith McNally, Jacoby and I do, and we recommend it. Keith often reproduces reports from his restaurants, from like mm-hmm. the like the various people. And the report, he shared two reports this week in which he detailed what a bad customer James Corden is. And therefore banned James Corden from Balthazar, his restaurant, one of his restaurants. Banned from Balthazar. Banned from Balthazar. Sucks. Balthazar is great. It's very hard to get a reservation. So good luck to all of you. Also, James Corden seems like a lovely guy. Well, I'm, it's funny you say that. So he got banned. Then he got unbanned because allegedly he apologized. But I, Keith McNally, is savvy. He's media savvy. He's been in the celebrity world for a long time. I don't think he would put James Corden on blast if he didn't think other people would support this story. And more stories did come out. Like, if you search James Corden on Twitter, a lot of people were just, like, sharing their stories of how he's behaved badly in public and how people dislike him. So Keith McNally then reversed the ban because Corden apologized. But (laughs) He did a full 180 on James Corden after James Corden gets dragged by the media. Everyone's coming out with all these stories. Then there's a backlash to the backlash. So other restaurateurs are supporting James Corden. And then Keith says he called up and apologized. But the damage is done. Now it's 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 open 
to discuss James Corden's bad behavior. This is a totally unsubstantiated story, and I don't know if it's true, but, like, one rumor I read online was that his he, like, ignored his wife and baby in first class on a plane and, like, was, like, not helpful. And so people are just telling wild <laughs> stories that may or may not be true. But I think that Keith knew oh, hold on. this is ignoring what would happen. Baby, ignoring your baby on a plane is just, that is brilliant. I love it so much. <laughs> I'm just imagining this baby crying and, like, James Gordon's, like, just watching Moana and laughing along. <laughs> Yeah, I I just think he he apparently in this story, which is alleged, there's no proof. He like put on noise canceling headphones to ignore his child and his wife. I love it. Boss move, would you say? Boss move. Absolutely. Anyway, I think that Keith knew exactly what would happen. And that is how we ended up here. Well, because Keith also straight up lies on his Instagram posts. He lies? So you just don't know. You can never tell when he's serious and when he's not. So I read this thinking they're probably friends. This is all a big joke. And then I read it again. I was like, no, this is not a joke. And I think one of the one of the sort of things was he was upset because there was an eggshell in his Cobb salad. Mm-hmm. Fair criticism. Yes. I like egg in my Cobb salad. Do not want the shell. If you put the shell in there, I might mention it. But apparently he was not nice about it. Yeah, exactly. To quote the great David Jacoby, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And he Boom. said it very rudely, apparently. Very. And very. so I just want to note, I hate eggs in my salad unless it's like, acting as the dressing. Like, I only want, like, a sunny side up or, like, a poached egg in my salad. I do not want a hard-boiled egg. No thanks. Well, sometimes you say things. I'm like, is she serious? It's like a Keith McNally post. Like, you're dead serious. (laughs) You want a a sunny side up egg in your salad. So you want raw yolk just dripping all over your lettuce. Well, it's not raw. It's cooked to a certain extent, so I don't get salmonella. Barely cooked. Sunny side up is barely cooked. Yeah. Uh, yes, I do want that. In fact, on Sunday night, I went to dinner at uh, Cafe Luxembourg, which was a former Keith McNally joint. It's the sister restaurant to the Odeon. And I ordered a frisé salad that came with a sunny side up egg. It was really good. Ugh. I and, like hard boiled eggs in my salad. And I like a Cobb salad. I find it disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. All right, let's move on. Next story, two cookbook authors, two dessert cookbook authors. They found love in the most unconventional of ways. Jacoby, you're really fired up about the story. You want this to give us insane. some details? This story is insane. It's from the New York Post. There's a, a woman who Rose. writes a cookbook and her husband is ailing from um, ailments and he is uh, <laughs> going to pass away and leave this earth. And their friend moves into the home, quote unquote, in case of emergencies. What? Like, why do you have like a, a grown au pair just in case of emergencies? That doesn't make any sense. 911 is on your phone in case of emergencies. And then the two of them, he basically like names this person as his successor in the relationship and they end up getting married. So it was like, this guy is on his deathbed and he's like, you know what? You should probably get with Steve. And, and like, they've all been together for a long time. And it really makes me wonder how long has this been bubbling under the surface? Is this a polyamorous situation? I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum or, or, or you know, kink shame. But this, this story was insane. I mean, I didn't know that dessert cookbook society was this wild. I think what's really confusing about it is how um, Woody Wollston, that's the, the man in this couple, came to move in to your point like he moved what is he doing there like why don't you just get like a nurse instead of woody like was there something else going on uh could there could there have been some other relationships we weren't we're not aware of like 
who who knows why he actually moved in, but it is super weird. And then the other thing that's even weirder is according to this tale, at least I think so, they didn't like formally start dating for several years. Like they're like for a while, they kept just like working on baking together. <laughs> yes, they were just baking buddies. But Woody Wolfson, the idea that one day they were like, hey, Woody, why don't you move into the house? Like, if I have a friend over for three days, I'm already sick of them. The idea that Woody moves in to live with them, I think that there's more to this story than than in than what we saw in this like 2,000 word article about cookbook authors. I know, it's a really long article. I will say one of these books that she has, the cookie Bible looks really good. I, baking is like a very exact art though, so... I don't know. It's like it's oh, like Juliet. Not for me. Did you get? Did you read the part about his delicate touch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite part. She was like, she's like, he's got hands twice as big as mine, but his touch is just so delicate. I was like, you are into Woody. I think she was into Woody before her husband passed. That's my theory. I, I don't saw know right away that. how he always knew just where to put his hands. That's what she said. Gross. <laughs> All right, let's move on back to the celebrity sphere. On Monday, the Daily Mail had a bombshell interview. A woman purporting to be Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis' former nanny gave an interview to the Daily Mail, which is a pretty pretty mean publication over in the United Kingdom and on everyone's internet, giving all these details about their breakup that have not been given before. Mm. And a crucial part of her tale was that Olivia Wilde would leave the house to go see at night, to go see Harry Styles, and would bring with her the special salad with her special salad dressing. Now, the day after this story, Sudeikis and Wilde issued a joint statement. Joint statement. Refuting basically everything this nanny told the Daily Mail. However... There was like a follow up, and like the Daily Mail is still going hard on this, and they don't care that Olivia Wilde and Jason Sika say it's not true. Olivia Wilde has decided to go a little tongue in cheek, if you ask me. And she posted on her Instagram a page from Nora Ephron's Heartburn that details uh, a specific vinaigrette. Now, are you familiar with Heartburn, Jacoby? No. Okay, so people, I think, are like, is this is this the vinaigrette? However, Heartburn is the book that Nora Ephron wrote that is basically about her own divorce from her own famous husband, um, Carl Bernstein, who you might know from the Watergate investigation of the New York Post. And so I think... I, I don't... Not only do I not know who Carl Bernstein is, I don't know who Nora Ephron is. Didn't she sing A Thousand Miles? If I could walk a thousand... That's Vanessa Carlton. I would say Nora Ephron is probably, in the history of movies, the most important person in my life. Um, She wrote When Harry Met Sally. She wrote and directed Sleepless in Seattle. She co-wrote and directed You've Got Mail. She She made a movie of Heartburn. She made Baby Boom. She is like probably... I've never seen any of those movies. I've never seen a single one of those films. She... That's on you. Um... She twenty is like minutes tremendously important. So I don't I don't know what to tell you. This okay. is a real impasse. Talk to me about the vinaigrette because <laughs> when I re- when I read the ingredients, I was like, that sounds right up my alley. It's sort of like besides the point. I think she posted this as like a commentary on like high profile divorces. Like I think that like 
Olivia Wilde was like being tongue in cheek and thought that people like me would recognize that this was from Nora Ephron's heartburn. And so I don't think this is actually the vinaigrette, but here's what it is. Mix two tablespoons gray poupon mustard with two tablespoons good red wine vinegar. Then, whisking constantly with a fork, slowly add six tablespoons olive oil until the vinaigrette is thick and creamy. This makes a very strong vinaigrette that's perfect for salad greens like arugula and watercress and endive. Okay. I have some questions. Okay. Let's imagine you're going to meet Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're going to bring him your special salad with the special vinaigrette. You have to have the vinaigrette on the side. And I feel like a salad is going to wilt and not be the same by the time you get to Harry Styles. I'm concerned about Harry Styles' quality of his salad. (laughs) I'm glad you're bringing this up because this is one of my biggest... This is One thing I hate is dressing my own salad. Like... I just don't like to be responsible for that. And I think when you order in a salad and you ask for dressing on the side so it doesn't wilt, they don't often don't give you enough dressing or like the bowl is packed too full that you can't like mm. properly shake it. It's a real it's a real conundrum. So hopefully because she's doing this by hand and she's going to someone's home, she's able to bring the appropriate amount. But you're right. We don't know if she was separating the salad dressing. I also want to... Just thank you for bringing up the overpacked salad bowl problem because shaking the salad bowl is part of the mixing of the dressing. It's absolutely but they essential. give you a full thing. So then you're shaking it, but nothing's moving in there and you're not accomplishing anything with the salad shake. You know how at Starbucks you can order like a grande, but get it in a venti cup? In a venti cup, of course. You should, you should be able to do that with salads. Like I'll have a regular salad in an exercise bowl or whatever. Like give us the room. We need it, people. Give us the room to shake. Yeah. And also... What about like a top that like pushes down on the salad to keep it in place and then you pop it up so that when you are able, when you get to your um your dressing and you're shaking it, like there's extra room. I have a theory about Harry Styles in this um salad dressing. Okay. I think he just mentioned that he liked it once and she went totally overboard and made it for him every single day. And he's actually in the back of his mind, he's like, This is a mediocre at best. I don't even really like this, but she's obsessed with this now and I have to like play this bit out for the rest of my life. I feel like well, I, we can't completely believe all of these stories, but I do feel like there probably goes one time when Olivia Wilde left the house with salad. Like, she probably had, like, one conversation with him, with Harry Styles, and was like, oh, he likes salad. I'm going to, like, win him over with mine. But who knows? I mean, it made me think of the song that we previously discussed, uh, Music for a Sushi Restaurant. I'm just like, mm. do they have a whole, is there, like, a whole food component? Like, freaky foods to Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde? <laughs> like... What's the deal? Also, salads are not a dinner item. That is a lunch item. So the idea that it's like dark out and you're eating a salad doesn't make sense to me. If it's mm. dark out, the sun is down, I'm not eating a salad. I like a dinner salad, but usually at a restaurant where it's like heavy, like it has like an egg in it and bacon and whatever. And it's not just like greens tossed together with a vinaigrette. Like that's the side. Agreed. All right, let's move on. Um, over to England, where they continue to do super weird things with food. There is a restaurant in Lancashire where the proprietor is charging less depending on how polite you are. In general, it's not a huge problem, but he is charging the least for people who say to him when or this place is called Chai Stop. Hello, Desi Chai, please. That costs one pound ninety pence. Desi chai, please, three pounds. Desi chai, five pounds. So the longer your sentence, the longer interaction, allegedly, the kinder you are, the, l- the least you pay. Do not like this policy. 
I hate this policy. It's ridiculous. I do not like this policy. It's inefficient, and I believe it just leads to inauthentic bullshit interactions. Because now I'm trying to save money, so I'm going to be nice to you, but I'm not actually being nice. I'm actually just trying to save some money. I do not like this whatsoever. And it should work the other way. You should not be celebrated for being nice. You should be punished, like James Corden was, for being mean. So it should be, we charge you more if you're rude, not we charge you less if you're nice. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. I Yes, I, I totally agree. And it's just also like so arbitrary. And the difference between the 190 and, and three pounds is like so minor. Like really just like adding a hello saves you a pound. Like, I just think that's ridiculous. Yes. I, 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 the second I saw this, I was like, this is stupid. I, I I hate this place and I hate this man. And I don't ever want to go there. You know what? Next time I'm in Lancashire, I'm not going to stop <laughs> at Desi Chai. All right, moving on. This is one that I wanted to talk about. Staying in the UK, um, more art crimes for like protest reasons. This time, <laughs> the National Gallery in London, um, oil activists threw soup at Vincent Van Gogh's sunflowers, and it, they said, "Just stop oil." I guess they're really into like electric vehicles or whatever. Um, <laughs> Can we just like really back off the art? Vehicles. What does Van Gogh well, have to do with this? I don't understand this. The weirdest part about this is like they threw tomato soup at sunflowers. Okay. And then they glued themselves to the wall. What the fuck? I know. It's just like a wall. Why do did they do? have to ruin this painting? Also, why are you gluing yourself to a wall? And what does that have to do with oil? Oh, oh, two people glued themselves to a wall in France. Now I'm definitely going to go electric. What? What are we doing? I, I don't know. And I just, I don't understand what Van Gogh had to do with it. Like they said, what is worth more, art or life? Is it worth more than food, more than justice? Are you more concerned about the protection of a painting or the protection of our planet and people? And it's like, I don't think protecting a uh, a painting and supporting art is like part of the, the pro-oil agenda. Like, I, I just don't, I don't understand why they had to do this. Also, huge waste of tomato soup. And they really wanted to like mm. fuck with the world because I have to assume a cream-based soup is going to be much worse for this painting than a broth like a, or a water-based soup. So like these people meant Great business. Point. Great point. I thought that going with tomato soup was an interesting decision. The soup looked yellow in the picture. So it looked more like a lentil soup to me than it did a tomato soup. I was curious about that. And also in the picture, they both have these like mean faces on. They're like, like ah, look at us. We're, we're radicalizing the world. Stop oil. <laughs> Why? What does Van Gogh have to do with this? And you know that that is not going to damage the painting. They have a film on the painting that protects it. So this is just... And gluing yourself, what glue do you use? What part of your body do you glue? Is it Do you glue your skin to the wall? Do you glue your clothes to the wall? How do you glue yourself to a wall? If I said, Juliet, glue yourself to a wall right now, what would you? How, where would you even start? Oh, I don't have any clothes that I'm willing to sacrifice that for. Like, And then like my skin wouldn't work. I mean... It just doesn't like there's no glue that's like strong enough. Like unless you it's like we're in X-Men or something and like someone can use their brain to hold you up against the wall. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And it doesn't make me feel any different about oil. Same. I feel the same about oil before I read this story than after. Same. I, I they have nothing to do with each other. And I, I like tomato soup and I'm upset they wasted it. Ooh, can we transition to the the arsonist? Sure. I love the arsonist story. This is my favorite story of the week. The arsonist story is pretty fun. So there is this guy who uh, is really passionate about his chicken order. He's a he, <laughs> he really likes chicken biryani from this Bangladeshi restaurant. And uh, they messed it up at this place in Queens and mm-hmm. he burned the place down. So let's just track this man's experience. He admits that he is, quote, very drunk, right? 
Quote, so he's very, I was very drunk. drunk. He orders chicken biryani. They, I believe they give him chicken biryani. I think that he actually got chicken biryani and then in his intoxicated state did not think it was chicken biryani and was upset about it. Now, when you read that a man was upset about his chicken order and then burned down the restaurant, what you don't think is that this is premeditated and that he came back at 6 a.m. Like, I assumed that, like, he had the biryani in one hand and a match in the other, but he wasn't just, like, in a drunken rage. He planned this. He went home somehow got gasoline and then went to the place at 6 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> doused the place in gasoline, also got the gasoline on his shoes, lit the restaurant on fire and himself on fire. So this man is no longer drunk, I imagine. He's probably sober at this point. And not only did he burn down the restaurant, he burnt his own feet and he had to run away. Sounds painful. And then the police are very upset about this too. Did you read about the cops? Yeah, they're pissed he's back on the streets. Yeah, they're like, we spent a lot of time and effort trying to track this guy down, and now he's back on the street like a regular civilian. Just feel free to burn another Briani restaurant down. So I'm looking at the picture of him pouring the gas. He's pouring it like out of a bucket. And it's just like he said, but he said they bought a gas can. Like, did he go to a gas station and like put gas into a bucket? Like, what kind of gas are we talking about here? Like, it's very confusing. It is illegal to put gas in anything but a gas container. Hmm. So I don't know where he procured the gas. Well, I don't I don't know that at like five in the morning or whatever, people are that closely monitoring um, Fair. gas. But at the same time, you know, and, and similarly, this man does not have a lot of respect for the law. So who knows where he got <laughs> good it? Point. Good point. Good point. <laughs> good point. And also I like, feel bad for the the owners. I hope that they uh are able to rebuild. Real tough. And the idea that he was so upset about his chicken biryani, let's assume that he got it at 11 or midnight, Mm -hmm. that six or seven hours later, he's just like plotting his revenge about the chicken biryani. And it seems like he's been to this biryani place multiple times. Oh, so I don't know what this is. He's a a regular because he has this regular order. Was it James Corden? (laughs) I don't think so. But in the photos I'm looking at, he's wearing a hood. So I can't say for sure. It might be James Corden. We don't know it's not James Corden. Correct. Um, shall we move on to our taste test? Yes. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can upgrade your home with up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages from top brands like Maytag. Enhance your kitchen with the exclusive Maytag French door refrigerator and fingerprint resistant stainless steel only at the Home Depot. And with dual power filtration on the Maytag tall tub dishwasher, you can skip soaking and scrubbing. Right now, get Memorial Day savings up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Pricing valid May 16th through June 5th. U.S. only. See store online for details. All right, Jacobs. We're doing some Halloween candy. Here's the thing. Which we are. You're in L.A., so I'll be doing the eating and you'll be watching. I hope you enjoy. So I have long wanted to try this Reese's, uh, this Reese's cup with potato chips in it. Whoa! Whoa. That has real crunch and mush potential. I know. I've I've seen it for a long time, and I figured I will I will just take the plunge. I hate Halloween. I don't I don't like trick or treating. I don't like giving out you candy. Hate Halloween? Yeah, I always have. I just don't like costumes. Why? I don't like costumes. I don't like the bin. I just like don't like the binge eating of of sugar like that. Like I just don't like it. But I really wanted to try this. So this felt like a great 
that reason too. Is, I am very jealous right now. It's big. Potato chips in the Reese's pieces. It's deep. This is like a like the tallest peanut butter cup I've ever seen. Wow, I'm so jealous. It's really good. I mm. bet. Mm. Yeah, this is delicious. How does like the saltiness of the potato chip interact with the mm. savory sweet of the um, Reese's pieces? Reese's peanut cup. The salt is a little bit but in the aftertaste. It's more of the texture, which is really good. Is it crunchy? Yeah, it's a it's a real crunch. It's delicious. Wow. Mm, okay, people, get those, get them out to the kids. Um, next, this is a Kit Kat crisp wafers and white cream. I was just curious, like if if it's just literally white, or will it have a different different taste as well? Like, is it white chocolate, or do they just dye it? Because it's supposed to look like bones or whatever. Oh, I get it. Mm. So, is that chocolate chocolate? Mm, no, it's white chocolate. What is white chocolate? I think they should say that. And you know what? It's really good. I think I like it more than a Kit Kat. Having chocolate really? bite. Mm-hmm. I don't wow. think anyone in the history of humanity has preferred white chocolate over chocolate chocolate. It's really good. I don't know. I love a Kit Kat. Perfect candy. All it's right. a great candy. Lastly, I've never had a 100 grand. So this will be a real first time for me. Have you had one? Yes, I've had a 100 grand. It's basically like uh, Rice Krispies and chocolate. Here's what it says on the box or on the bag. Rich caramel milk chocolate, crispy crunchies. Crispy crunchies. Oh, I guess my theme today is crunch and mush. I'm really crunch and mush. I, 100 grand is an, is an uncelebrated candy bar that deserves mm. a push shot. And mm. I'm glad it's getting its moment here. It's getting its flowers. It's being celebrated here on Food News. Oh, I like it. Because 100 grand is a good candy bar. It's like a, it's like a, um, a crackle bar, whatever those are called, wrapped around some caramel. Mm. Yeah, it's good. 100 grand is a, it's, it's a weird name for a bar, too. Yeah, it is. All these candies are weird name. Kit Kat? Reese's? Uh, that makes some sense. But like 100 grand, like it just makes me think about money. Yeah. I'd love to have 100 grand. Anyone wants to send it to me? All right. This is good. What, what's your kid's favorite candy for Halloween? Ooh. Um, what they get really excited about is the full-size candy bars. Mm. Like those. Like if they get a real full-size candy bar. Like I have not eaten a full candy bar in 20 years. But my kids will go to town on a full candy bar. As a parent, do you are you okay with that? Yes. But here's the, here's the best thing about it is like they get so excited about the Halloween candy and then like they forget about it the next day and we just like mm-hmm. throw it away or give it away. They just forget nice. that it exists. I don't know how that's possible, but okay. They do that. Um, let's move on to personal food news and then we will end with one of our first voicemails. Thank you so much to everyone who called. You're wonderful. 646-783-9138. Jacoby, can I go first with my personal food news? Of course, you always do. I went to BravoCon over the weekend and some members of The Ringer came to attend BravoCon as well. We went out for dinner. We went to a place called, uh, I think I'm not going to say the name of it, but it's in the east, it's in the Lower East Side, East Village area. Huh. I we, thought BravoCon was at the Javits Center. It, it is. We went out for dinner afterwards okay. over there uh, just to like, you know, spice it up, have some fun. Um, we noticed after we sat down and had ordered our, uh, a round of drinks that it was cash only. And this was like a legit restaurant. It's not like a bodega. I also wouldn't say it's like like fast casual. It's not cheap. Like, it's legit. It's like, you know, $18 for pasta, $25 for chicken parm, whatever. It's cash only. How can a restaurant like that be cash only? Like, and why? So I um, was paying and then I expensed it. So I had to go to 
two separate ATMs and do like multiple transactions to be able to pay for dinner. And I was just like, is, am I a part of a money laundering operation right now? Like, what else am I supposed to think? Why would a New York City restaurant be cash only? Like, it can't be worth it to not pay the credit card charges, like, and to reap the ATM charges. Like, I was just like, what is going on here? It, It was so crazy. I've never encountered that before. It definitely makes me feel that they're doing some shady accounting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, like if, if you ask the IRS about that restaurant, they'll be like, oh yeah, they've been operating at a loss for 20 years. I don't know how they stay in business. And like, there were a lot of regulars there and it was like very lively. And I I, I liked it, but I was just like, I, I've never heard of a like moderately priced restaurant being cash only. It's not like my like takeout Chinese food place or whatever. Yeah, my favorite um, crab place. You know, I love a crab boil. Love crab, yeah. The boil is cash only as well. And I just want to ask, like, what are we doing? Why are you doing this? They've got an ATM that you could only take $200 out yes, of. Yes, exactly. have to do it multiple times because we're, we're the big, we always have like big dinners there. I couldn't so do it multiple times. I had to go off premises. Why, why don't you guys just take my credit card to <laughs> every other restaurant in the world? What are you doing It, it has to be money laundering or like a drug front, but I don't even know why it would be a drug front. Like, that would be stupid. I, it has to be money laundering. But I, but part of the what was so absurd was that this ATM wouldn't let you do two transactions in a row. So I had to leave the restaurant, go to the corner. What? You can't do two transactions in no. a row? No. So I had to go to the, bo- the bodega on the corner and uh, get more cash. How do they know it's you? <laughs> I, I, I don't understand. You can't do two transactions in a row. That makes no sense. Same card? I, I don't know. Whatever. I guess. Anyway, I just, I wanted to bring that to your attention. So... I'm old. Okay. And up Two until this minutes. point, I've been on this planet for over 44 years. Okay. I've always enjoyed potato chips and I was eating them with a friend. And a friend broke out some ketchup, poured it on a plate and started dipping potato chips in ketchup. Mm-hmm. And I was like, interesting. I was like, I've never seen that before, but that looks delicious. And then this same person looked right at me and broke my brain. He's like, potato chips, fried potatoes, French fries, fried potatoes. You dip your French fries in ketchup, don't you? I was like, yes, I do. And I see where you're going with this. I am now a ketchup on potato chips person. Your thoughts? It just sounds very salty to me. That's my hesitation. Like I, like I, I'm not against it. I like, I support it in fact, but I'm not sure it's for me. I think you should give it a try. Okay. Better than ketchup chips from Canada? Yes, just like that. And also just a quick aside, if you have a restaurant, do not make your own ketchup, okay? Because it's yeah. going to taste bad. I hate places that make their own ketchup. I, I don't even like off-brand. Just give me like Heinz or Hunt's and nothing else. That's it. That, that's it. All right. Our first listener food news. Play it, Mike. Hi, Juliet. Um, my name is Lindsay Stewart. And I was just wondering if you have been to Jack in the Box in the past six months because they've changed their Coke formula and I have to tell you, is the best Coca-Cola I've ever had in 30 my entire seconds. life. I paired it with the French toast sticks and the chicken strips, and I think they all complemented each other perfectly, but that first sip of Coca-Cola was honestly unreal. Um, I would love it if y'all would go do a taste test and let me know what your New York Jack-in-the-Box Coca-Cola is like. Once again, my name is Lindsay Stewart. I live in Austin. Um Please, please let me know. Um, love the podcast. Love y'all. Can't get enough. Um, bye. Lindsay. Wow, Lindsay. Wow. 
Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay. I would love to go to Jack in the Box here in fucking New York, but we don't have it. I really wish they we did. don't exist in New York. And I, when I think of Coca-Cola formulas, I think of McDonald's and McDonald's only. McDonald's mm-hmm. has its own Coca-Cola with its own flavor, which is superior to all other fountain Coca-Colas. However, I would like to try this Jack in the Box Coca-Cola. Well, you're in and LA right I now. Love, I love the fact that she was doing it with French toast. What? And chicken Coca-Cola strips. and French toast? What? That's a ju- is out here innovating. Love it. I will say I went to Jack in the Box recently-ish, like a month or two ago. And I got a soda and it was great. I love Jack in the Box, but I I will have to try it again, keeping that in mind next time I'm in LA. Well, I've mentioned this before, but I've only had Jack in the Box once and it was with you, Juliet Littman, after we watched Batman on one of our first friend dates. Yeah, it was really, really emotional. Um, Don't forget to call us, 646-783-9138. Jacoby, go to Jack in the Box and report back. I will. And I'm going to have some of this uh, Olivia Wilde salad dressing. I wanted to get on this. Sounds amazing. Good Thanks, enough for everybody. Good enough for me. Have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>